This episode of the Howa Business is brought to you by ZBrand, the all-in-one branding generator for jumpstarting your small business. With its AI-based algorithm, ZBrand creates marketing essentials that are uniquely tailored for your business. By following easy steps and answering a few questions, you can get a variety of brand assets like logos, fonts, and website templates, all pre-designed by ZBrand. Setting up your brand with ZBrand only takes five minutes and you'll have instant access to your assets to start showcasing your brand today. Get the effective brand your business deserves without investing too much time and money so you can focus on growing your business. It's easy, it's quick, and it's free to get started. To learn more about ZBrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I will reply with the link to the free ZBrand Starter Guide. Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Kwame Christian. Kwame, welcome back to the show. Hey, Henry. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Looking forward to this. It's been a while since we chatted. Kwame has been on the show before. What he's going to help us address and answer are, are these questions, which I'm sure like myself, you either currently or have struggled with before, which is those, those difficult conversations. Have you, have you ever felt that fear and anxiety that prevent you from saying what needed to be said? Have you ever felt as though you don't know what to say in those kind of tense relationships or not relationships, but situations rather? So on this episode, uh, attorney and negotiation expert Kwame Christian is going to share some insights and tips on how to find confidence in conflict, and you can negotiate anything, especially as it relates to our small businesses. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So let me tell you a little bit more about Kwame. Kwame Christian is a best-selling author and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Kwame is an expert in the field of negotiation and conflict resolution, and he's conducted workshops throughout North America and abroad and is a highly sought-after national keynote speaker. In fact, that, that was consuming most of his activities before the COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we're all dealing with. So uh, he's also the host of his own podcast, and his show is called Negotiate Anything, and it's dedicated to empowering others through the art and science of negotiation and persuasion. Since we last spoke to him, he also released a book. The book is entitled, Nobody Will Play With Me, Finding Confidence in Conflict. It's an Amazon bestseller and has helped countless individuals overcome the fear, anxiety, and emotion often associated with those difficult conversations through a branded framework that he calls compassionate curiosity. And we're going to have him introduce that framework for us here today on the episode. The previous episode he was on is actually back in April of 2017. He was my guest on ep episode 103 of the Howa Business Podcast. On that episode, I got into Kwame's very interesting background. And so if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode 103 because it's, it's a really inspiring journey. And of course, listening to him speak is, is great. So I'm looking forward to having him back. He lives in the Columbus, Ohio area. So once again, Kwame, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's great to be back, my friend. Absolutely. So 
Um, we'll get right into it uh, because, again, we, we did the entrepreneurial journey part on the last episode, episode 103. We're going to focus in here on what, I'm, what I titled confident negotiation for small business owners. Uh, but before we do that, again, since I mentioned in, in, the, uh, in the intro, since we last spoke, you released a book, Nobody Will Play With Me, How to Use Compassionate Curiosity to Find Confidence in Conflict. I'm always curious, what led you to write the book? Yeah, well, the uh, the book, a labor of love, I would say. <laughs> uh, you always have an an impression in your mind of how hard it's going to be, and then it's so much harder <laughs> to do. But um, yeah, the, the reason I wrote the book was because I recognized that there was a little bit of a gap in the way that negotiation materials are taught and conflict resolution is taught. And I would say I'm guilty of this too. And a lot of times it feels as though we're giving recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen. Mm. It doesn't matter whether or not you understand the techniques and the tools and you can articulate those in, uh, in peacetime when it's easy. But if you're too afraid to use the tools when it matters, if you don't have the confidence to use the tools when it actually matters the most. And so with the book, what I talk about is how for me, this wasn't a natural thing. The ability to stand up for myself and have these difficult conversations, it wasn't a natural thing. And so I had to learn how to find confidence in these difficult conversations. And it's really, at the beginning, it outlines my journey from people pleaser to confident negotiator. Yeah. My background is, oh, go ahead. No, no, it, uh, I was going to say, who did you write it for? Like, who's the intended audience for this book? Yeah, I would say the intended audience is for people who struggle with those various psychological and emotional barriers that get in the way. There's a fear of engaging in the conversation. There's a, a lack of confidence in their ability to have the conversation. They feel like if they have the conversation, they're going to look greedy or needy. There's that just that feeling of uncertainty that prevents them from being the, their best selves in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's not just, it's not for attorneys, it's for anybody, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's intentionally uh, broadly applicable. And that's the same thing with the podcast too. I, I want to make sure that everybody can find value in it uh, because in my opinion, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. And yeah. so the more people realize that the better able they will be to start to use these tools to start living the best versions of their lives. Yeah. You shared, I'm glad you, you approach it this way because that's been my experience as well is that we, we just don't know how to even have these conversations, but you, you talked about it in a Ted talk that you did that I listened to about even for you, that challenge of wanting to be uh, the nice guy, I forget how you put it, but tell me a little about, about that story because I think that's, that applies to so many of us as to why we have such a fear of even getting into these confrontations as we call them. Yeah. And, and for me, um, there was a, an, an inciting incident, I would say. And I think for a lot of people, it, there, perhaps it could be genetic. That's just the way they are. Or there were particular things that occurred in their lives over the course of their lives that led them to become this way. But for me, thinking back on it, it was a time when I was on the playground um, and nobody would play with me. That's the inspiration of the book. And so for me, that turned me into a people pleaser because mm -hmm. I wanted to have as many friends as I could. So I would avoid the conversations that I thought would put those relationships in jeopardy. And um, it really changed my perspective when I talked to a mentor and he told me that there's a big difference between being liked and being reflect, respected. And if I wanted to have the success that I envisioned for myself, I'm going to have to get over that and learn to have these difficult conversations. Yeah. 
and and I think I think Kwame that we are we are raised generally in our society to to not get into confrontation to be nice and we think then that negotiations automatically must mean being nasty that you know that shrewd cutthroat attorney who's going to get everything it's win lose it's interesting that I, I think we're, we're conditioned to think that that's what negotiations is about. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with negotiation. If I could figure out a different word to use other than negotiation, right, I would right. do it. Uh, because I think we, are, we have a serious branding issue. And so the definition I like to use for negotiation is any conversation where somebody in the conversation wants something. Mm. And it's so important to have that type of view because it helps you to recognize that these conversations are happening all day, every day, whether we want them to happen or not. And we're going to be negotiating with the people who are closest to us more often than those big, identifiable, formal conversations that we would typically identify as a negotiation. And so you can really use this as a tool to improve the quality of your life, both at work and at home. Yeah, great stuff. All right, I'd like you to introduce the, the compassionate curiosity framework and introduce what, what that is. Yeah. And so with the book, I, I introduced this framework because I wanted to give people a single tool, a single tool that they could use and be effective in the, these difficult conversations. And it is intentionally simple because usually when we're under pressure, we're not thinking very well. <laughs> so I wanted people to remember it. So it's just three steps. Step number one, acknowledge and validate emotions. Step number two, get curious with compassion. And step number three is joint problem solving. And this is a flexible framework, like I said, that you can use at work and at home. And I, I use this when I'm talking to my four-year-old, when I'm talking to my wife. And then when I go and I, I give negotiation trainings to Fortune 500 companies who are negotiating nine-figure deals, I still give them this exact same framework because it, this is the solid foundation that you use for every conversation. Then as you get more advanced, you can uh, layer on more advanced negotiation techniques on top of it. Okay, let's break it down a little bit. The first one was acknowledge. Um, and what was the other part of that? Acknowledge yeah. and... I acknowledge and validate emotions. And validate. Okay, so what does that mean a little bit more? Yeah, so let's say you feel, people feel a certain way. So that's the acknowledgement. You're saying, hey, Henry, I see that you seem a little bit frustrated. And then validate. So it makes sense. And, and this is an important part. When we're validating the emotion, we're not saying that we agree with somebody. When we're empathizing with somebody, we're not agreeing with them. We're saying, we're recognizing that, hey, I'm telling you that I see things from your perspective. I've been listening to you. And based on your perspective, the way that you're feeling makes sense. And when you do this, you use just a simple framework. I see, it seems like, or it it I or um, it appears as though you seem X Y Z. So it sounds like, or it seems like. Those are the types of terms you're using. To so an example that. might be in business. You know, it, it it appears Kwame, you're you're frustrated with how we're progressing with uh, arriving at a price for your business. Exactly. That, that might be how I open this conversation we're going to have to further negotiate. Let's say me buying your business. Exactly. Right. Um, it, it seems as though you're, there's a little bit of hesitation when I said that. Can you tell me more about that? You, essentially, what you're doing is you're letting the person know that you see you're, you're reading their either their body language or their tone or whatever it might be. And you're just saying, hey, I recognize that. Let's talk about that. Because here's the thing. 
those emotional and psychological barriers are going to be there, mm-hmm. whether or not we ignore them. <laughs> so right. let's have the conversation about them so we can remove that unnecessary barrier to success. Because if you don't, I'm, uh, you're going to hold on to it. You're going to resent it. You're going to get mad or madder about it uh, as we proceed through whatever we're trying to negotiate, right? Exactly. And by letting you express it, I find that sometimes when people do that, that's all they, they kind of wanted to just put that out there. Well, I, you know, I've put my heart and soul into this business. I work 80 hours a week. I've been here for 10 years. So, so they're, they're expressing all of this that they feel has value, whether it does or doesn't. Exactly. And, and Henry, that's a really important point because we need to use this as a tool to figure out the true cause of the resistance that we're feeling. Because a lot of time when we hear the hesitation and we, we see the level of frustration, we just make unilateral concessions. We say to them, we say to ourselves, wow, Henry didn't like that deal. I should adjust. But in reality, like you said, they just feel the need to express themselves. They need to be seen and heard. And if you reflect that emotion back to them, they're going to say, hey, Henry understands me. He understands Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling about this situation. And sometimes that's all they need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me what step two was again. So step two is getting curious with compassion. And so I'm very mindful about adding the term compassion because Mm -hmm. it helps you to regulate your tone. And so we want to ask questions because when it comes down to it, negotiation is an information game. And so we're asking questions, but doing it with a compassionate tone to demonstrate that we truly want to understand, not to counter what they're saying, but to get a better understanding so we could work together to create a deal. So I, I might emotionally say, well, Kwame, you're, it's ridiculous. I don't care how many hours you put into building this business. Instead, an example of how I might say it to be curious and compassionate, give me an example there. Yeah, so let's let's blend the first and the second uh, steps there. So first I would say, Henry, it seems like this business is really important to you. It sounds as though you put a lot of your heart and soul into this. And then I would allow you to express yourself because once you, ta- once you hit that emotion, people are going to express themselves and share more information. And even if you're wrong, they'll correct you because people hate to be mislabeled and then they'll share more information. So even when it doesn't work, it works, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a fun part of it. Right. And then once you get more of that information and you say, yeah, I, I spent so much time in, into doing this and I never saw a future where I would sell the business. So it's really tough for me to come to terms with this. And so what I would say is, okay, so tell me more about what led you to make this decision. Oh, that's interesting. So help me understand what barriers you're facing right now. Okay, so what type of things do you think we can do to make sure that you are secure after this deal goes through? Mm -hmm. Um, Those type of things. And so we're constantly inviting them to share more and more information. The more information you know, the better able you will be to create a solution that works for both parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, great. I love that. All right, and then the third step was... Joint problem solving. Joint and, problem solving. So, and you kind of started to touch on it there. How, do, how can we work together to get you what you want and what we want so that we can both have a successful ending here, right? Exactly. Yeah, because at this point, Henry, we've gotten to a point where we've worked through the problematic emotions. We've gathered information. Now we both know what, what's going on. So let's let's work together to figure out what the deal is, what works for us. So now we're at the 
the point where we're trading proposals. And the thing that I really like about the framework is that it's flexible. So if we get to the point where we're trading proposals and I start to see that emotion flare up, whenever I see emotions, that's a signal for me to acknowledge the emotion and then work back through the, the framework. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times you just kind of, if we continue with the example we're working, you, you just realize no matter how you've gone about it, that you're at a point where there's, there's no, there's no progress, right? The seller is adamant about, you know, I want a hundred thousand dollars, but you know, it's only worth 50. I know I'm not going to pay any more than 60. We're at a stalemate. What are some tactics that you employ here from a negotiation perspective, whether it's to give it some breathing room or, or what to, to continue to, to not let it just, you know, hit a wall and die and say, oh, okay, well, forget it. The deal's dead. Right. Well, I, I would say this. First, we have to have a recognition that negotiation isn't the art of deal making, it's the art of deal discovery. Okay. Because sometimes we, after going through this process, we recognize, oh, this deal can't happen. <laughs> it's, it just doesn't work. Right, right. So, and you validate yeah. it and that's a, that's a reality, right? Obviously. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is a lot of people make the mistake of saying, no, I have to force it through and it makes mm. them make incorrect and inappropriate concessions along the way. So um, I think recognizing that is going to be important too. But what I like to do is break things up into what I call micro negotiations. And so let's say in this conversation, I genuinely believe that I could get a deal in this conversation. But now after going through the conversation for a little bit, I recognize that I'm, there's a lot more resistance than I anticipated. And so sometimes the, the problems comes about, come about because we try to get too much too soon. And so what I might recognize is, well, this guy is not transitioning to the problem solving phase. They're not emotionally ready for that yet. So I'm just going to stay in acknowledging emotions and getting curious with compassion and then close this conversation uh, before it gets too testy. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to reschedule another conversation and then yeah. we'll start again because it's, a, it's almost like trying to eat a pizza in one bite. <laughs> We have to take our time and break it up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think also, and you've talked about this before, and I think it's partly what you mean by the deal reality is, let's see if we can't make small steps and start, instead of trying to take the big step of, yes, we agree, you're going to buy my business for this price. Let's, let's, try to, let's try to further delve into this one area where you want to transition out or you'd like to still be involved in the business. So let's talk about that and see if we can't reach an agreement on that point alone, put everything else aside for now. Let's put price aside for now. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now, I also want to talk about, obviously, the reality that we're all in uh, with uh, remote conversations, phone negotiations, Zoom negotiations, whatever it might mm -hmm. be, since it's harder for us to meet face-to-face, -face, and that might continue for some time. And furthermore, it, it might change how we do a lot of things uh, somewhat permanently. But I want to get some of your thoughts there. I specifically want to get your thoughts on negotiating specifically with a landlord. But I know you've got some ideas and thoughts and been helping people and doing yourself. How do you negotiate or more, more broadly resolve conflict remotely? And let's start with it from uh, working with your own team, because this isn't always just about negotiating with a third party. A lot of times it's about resolving conflicts with a partner, with an employee, with someone that I'm close to, right? Exactly. And you're spot on. And I think it kind of goes back to what we said earlier. We have to recognize that these negotiations are most often going to occur with the people who are closest to us. Mm. And um, 
I think, first of all, uh, this is, I forgot to mention this earlier, but we have a, a free con online negotiation and conflict resolution handbook. I'm not calling it a guide because this thing <laughs> is massive. It's, um, it's 30 pages of the top uh, do's and don'ts for online negotiation and conflict resolution. Wow. Um, and so if you go to the website, americannegotiationinstitute.com slash virtual, you can get access to that guide. Um, and the cool thing about this is that it's the culmination of an event that we had, a, a summit that we had with over 600 uh, participants, and we partnered with four universities to put it on. And then everybody in the presentation, we, they gave their best ideas. And this handbook is the culmination of all of those ideas from people around the world. So it's incredibly valuable and it is at the price of free. So I think most people can handle that. Um, so I yeah, think no, it's exciting. So, so what are some of the, what are some of the things that stood out that you think uh, are worth sharing here that came from that, from that yeah, handbook? I think the thing that was most interesting is that there is no one particular right way to do this. Mm. And I think that's what's very the most helpful because when you look at a lot of um, negotiation experts who are talking about online negotiation, the vast majority of the, the material out there is negative. Don't do it. <laughs> Never do it. Um, that's always like the first thing that they say. Uh, well, now we're in a world yeah. <laughs> where we can't avoid it. We so how do we it. do it well? This is Henry Lopez with a brief break from this episode to introduce you to our new sponsor, ZBrand. ZBrand is the all-in-one branding platform to help you jumpstart your small business. You know you need a clear and effective brand for your small business, but you also know you don't have the budget to hire an expensive designer or marketing agency. What you need are the essential components of a brand and a way to effectively communicate your brand to your partners, staff, and customers. But you may not even know where to start with your brand colors. With ZBrand, you can realize your brand vision, and then you can consistently communicate that brand vision to help you grow your business. By asking some simple questions about your business, ZBrand's artificial intelligence-based algorithm creates a uniquely tailored brand toolkit full of essential marketing pieces that reflect your vision. From logos, fonts, and colors, to website templates and social media icons, you get the effective brand your business deserves without investing too much time and money so you can focus on growing your business. To learn more about ZBrand, visit zbranding.com or text biz to 31996 and I will reply with a link to the free ZBrand starter guide. So I think the first thing is to recognize the limitations of the various platforms that we have. And so, for instance, email. Sometimes people try to do too much heavy lifting via email. Um, I, I don't know about you, but um, email is just an overwhelming and sometimes oppressive technology, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, yeah, and no. I mean, I, I can tell you I, I, about five years ago, I lost out. I was a business I was trying to sell, and I was mostly doing it over email. And I know for a fact that it died because the, the tone, I forget even what the point was, the tone just didn't communicate correctly over email. Yep, exactly. And that's the thing. That's the big limit of email, limitation of email. And so we can't read tone in these situations. And especially, especially if we are getting to a point where we are recognizing that there is an increased or heightened level of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, my rule of thumb is the more 
emotional the situation, the more personal the contact. And so I want to at least transition from email to phone, um, but even better, phone to video chat. And if possible in person, but like we said, right now we can't really do that. And, but with video chat, now you have multiple dimensions. I can read your body language. I can see your tone and, and I can hear what you're saying. And so with those multiple points of context, it makes it less likely for uh, communication to be lost in translation. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes absolute sense. Any other kind of tips and techniques when I am using maybe like Zoom to have that conversation that I would have otherwise had in person? Yeah, I can see you, but I'm not catching everything. So are there some tips or tricks that, that you think are useful? Yeah, I think the first thing is to um, to acknowledge some of the awkwardness when it does happen. <laughs> I think okay. sometimes people try to push through the conversations like, oh, this is normal. No, it's not. <laughs> Admit <laughs> when it gets weird and just say, hey, sorry, I, this was one of those situations where it glitched. Um, let's Can you go back a little bit? And I think just being really honest with that is, is something that people don't do enough. Um, another thing too, when you consider age, People in the younger demographics are a lot more comfortable using that technology than older people. And so sometimes, for instance, in law, for example, you have a lot of attorneys who are older who are, have been thrown into this situation. And so for them, again, when you think about negotiation, we're not just think, thinking about the deals. We're thinking about negotiate anything. Shout out to the name of the podcast, of course. <laughs> so we should negotiate the platform too. And so if you're not comfortable with video chat, if that's not something that works for you, you can negotiate the platform. Hey, actually, Henry, I'd feel a, a lot more comfortable negotiating over the phone. Oh, okay. Most people aren't going to fight you on that, but a lot of people don't recognize that that's an option too. And so I want people to recognize that you have to be really self-aware when it comes to how these platforms use, are used. They're, they're, they're tools, but they affect different people differently. So recognize what's comfortable for you and then negotiate for the use of that platform. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the point about acknowledging that it is awkward. I think that when you get people who are not used to it on a video chat, they feel like they're, you know, on camera. Right. And so I think that's the worst thing you want for any kind of conversation that's candid. You want people to relax and feel comfortable, not tighten up and uh, be less likely to share. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Anything else that comes to mind there? Any other tips, techniques, things you're seeing people do that, that drives you crazy when it comes to trying to negotiate <laughs> or resolve a conflict online I, or over the phone? I would say two things. I'll give one good technique, one bad technique. Um, when it comes to email, send, making the emails too big. Mm. Um, and so the email should set up a true conversation over video chat or over the phone. Um, a lot of times we try to do too much heavy lifting through the email. If you get beyond three paragraphs, I mean, this should be a call. And you, really, you should just use it as a setup so you can frame the conversation. Hey, I'd love to talk to you about X, Y, Z. When's a good time? So you can let the person know why you want to have the call and then use it to transition to a call. And then after the fact, use it to summarize the calls to make sure everybody's on the same page. It's a yeah. tool of confirmation, not true communication. Yeah, I love that. But I think that Kwame, we tend to hide behind the email because we want to avoid that difficult conversation. Exactly. It, it, I mean, this is coming full circle now, right? And it's that fear and, and that reluctance to engage that makes us want to protect ourselves through a medium that is not meant for that protection. 
And um, what we have to recognize is that the, it's, it's really unavoidable having the conversations if you want to be effective in, in these conversations. So um, we just kind of have to come to terms with that, uh, but not hide behind the technology uh, because our, our ability to connect is likely to suffer as a result. Mm-hmm. Okay, you were going to give a, a, a more uh, a good example before I yeah. interrupted you there. Oh, no worries. And, and this is a fun one that I don't think many people realize. So when you think about text message, because we have a whole section about the text using text messages. When you think about text, the, the thing that could be used as a positive is just using it as a, a way to touch base on a low informal way, but it, just to create a connection. Because if you think about it, who are the people that we text most often? Most likely it's friends, family. We, we're not texting enemies <laughs> very right. often, right? right? And so what I've done in the past is when I'm trying to make a connection with somebody in the business community and I have their cell phone, I might just send uh, a quick a text about something that we both are interested in. For example, I have a client. Um, of course, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a graduate of The Ohio State University. And um, so I love my football. And I have a client <laughs> who is a graduate of Penn State. And so whenever the, the Big Ten is playing football, we would send each other some, some playful texts and whatnot, but nothing heavy over text. But the, the associations that are created by sending very infrequent but kind of friendly texts is that, hey, I'm getting a text from Kwame. Kwame must be my friend, you know? And if so, you so is right that way, something that I might, if I've been, you know, I'm in the process of negotiating, let's go back to the example of buying a business, which could span several months sometimes. Are you mm-hmm. saying that I might use it in that context to create a bit more familiarity or am, am I getting it in the wrong context here? I would say in that one is a little bit more difficult because okay. that could potentially become a little bit more adversarial. Right. So, um, so you're yeah. looking to use it for, with people that you might eventually have a, a difficult conversation or a conflict conversation with? Yeah. So think about it. First of all, the, the people who we will eventually have a difficult conversation with are the people who we continue to have a relationship with. <laughs> so yeah. it's eventually going to happen. And so I think about it more like a networking sense, okay. like a potential prospect type of thing. Yeah. Um, or so a vendor, we, let's say. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Speaking of specific relationships, one that again uh, is topical that just about everybody, my clients and even in my businesses, we're dealing with if we have any kind of brick and mortar space that we're leasing is that awkward, difficult, uh, you know, confrontational conversation with our landlord about, hey, I need to have some relief on the rent. Um, any thoughts there on that kind of a very tense relationship where again, and I, I know where we're going to go, we're going to go to the framework because it applies here. But mm-hmm. give me some thoughts there on how I handle that. What I hear from a lot of my clients is, again, it's a classic situation where it's like, I don't know, should I call? Should I tell them? Should I Did I tell them the bad news or should I just wait? And so what are your thoughts there? The first thing is the earlier you start communicating, the better. And um, as as a professor, I know that um, the thing that annoys me the most is when somebody emails me about a minute before the deadline and says, oh, my gosh, my life is falling apart. I'm like, did it just start falling apart? 
<laughs> you yeah. should have known this before. No, they just <laughs> now got the courage to reach out to you. <laughs> right. And so there's a skepticism that comes from it. And um, the way that I think about negotiation philosophically is that it's a, a never ending game of chess. We're constantly positioning ourselves. And so for me, the, the moment that I recognize there might be a potential issue, that, that's when I'm reaching out. So I can start to prime that person and think, get them thinking about potential solutions given my situation. And so as soon as you recognize there might be a problem, what I would do is reach out as soon as you can and just say, hey, it, it's not a problem yet, but it very well could be under if, if, the, if things keep continuing to go how they are going. And so I just want to have an open line of communication with you to let you know that I might need to, to, to make a request down the road. And so again, what you're doing, that's a bit of a micro negotiation. You're not even asking at that point, but you're setting it up. You're asking if I could ask later, right? Exactly. And, and I love that because it takes a lot of the, first of all, I agree with the earlier is better, but I just think that people, what I, what I, what I gotten pushed back on before, which I think you're addressing with this approach is, well, is it, is it to my advantage to reveal to the landlord that I'm about to go out of business? Well, if that's the case, then you waited too long, right? But, exactly. but ideally that's <laughs> when you do it early enough, when you're not quite there, you can set it up is what you're doing in this micro negotiation, as you call it. Exactly. And then in the second conversation, what I would say is um, I would use the one of my favorite negotiation techniques. And I would say it's a, a just a really powerful phrase. And it's just saying, what flexibility do you have? Mm -hmm. That's it. Super simple. And then you open it up. And um, I've seen this work just incredibly well and powerfully. Oh, here's a great example. I was doing a, a webinar um, for small business owners who were having trouble with their negotiations. And somebody, they saw the slide, what flexibility do you have? And she sent a text or, or she had a conversation that occurred during the webinar, it interrupted the webinar. And she used that line and negotiated <laughs> a much better deal just off of that question. I love that. And um, I think that's just a powerful way to open the discussion. Yeah, because I like that it also, it really is, it puts it back on the other person because who's going to say, oh, I'm not flexible, right? <laughs> exactly. Only the worst of monsters are going to say, no, no flexibility here. So they're, they're, you're not asking them to give you anything. You're just saying, hey, can we talk? Are you flex do you have any flexibility? And then hopefully what we'll get at a minimum is, well, let's talk, right? Exactly. That other person exactly. hopefully will say, well, let's have a conversation. Perfect. That's what I needed. Broke, broke the ice. Now we can have a conversation and I can follow the framework when I have that, that conversation as well to kind of minimize my, my getting paralyzed or afraid of it uh, when I actually do have the conversation, the hard conversation, yeah. Exactly. And, and you, here's the thing. When I think about these negotiations, if you expand the circle wide enough, you'll see that there are interests that align. And so what do I mean by that? So if you have a very narrow-minded perspective on the purpose of this conversation, you're going to see it in terms of an adversarial type of relationship. But if you expand the scope wider, you'll see, no, there's a place where our, our interests align. I am in this place because I enjoy being here. This is the best position for my business. I want to stay here. And then they say, hey, you've been a great tenant for me for the last year or so, last few months, whatever it might be. I want you to be able to pay rent and stay here because that's consistent income for me too. And so ultimately, both of you want the same thing. 
I want to stay. You want me to stay because you want me to continue uh, helping you to pay your mortgage. And I want to stay because I want some business continuity here. And so what can we do to make that work? And now we are triggering creativity when you look at it from that perspective and you can come up with some deals that can work. Yeah. I love that. That's a great example. And I think also back to the key component of your framework, that compassion. If, if I open and part of the opening of the conversation is letting them tell me how difficult their day has been, because guess what? You're, you're probably the 10th tenant, depending on the size of how many properties they manage. Everybody's looking to get some free rent, right? So they're being bombarded from the day that this started. So if I let, if I'm compassionate that they're also being challenged to this, they're not sitting, most of these guys are not sitting on some, you know, ivory tower with all, all the cash coming in. Their business has suffered, right? Exactly. So if I show that compassion, I think it's a lot easier to get to a conversation where we can see what can we do together here. Right. And that's when you get with the framework. That's step number one. And it's funny when it comes to acknowledging emotions, sometimes you're acknowledging things that are really negative um, and, and, and might reflect it might seem on the surface reflect poorly on you, but listen, if they're already feeling it and thinking it, then let's talk about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And so I would be really frank and I'd say, listen, I know this is a really tough situation for you. This isn't fair to you. I recognize that. And, and I apologize. Um, the problem is I'm having this, this, this issue on my end too. And I have to make the, the best decision that's, uh, that's right for my business. And you have to do the same way, the same thing, but I know you're in a tough spot. And I think landlords are often vilified uh, just for wanting to be able to pay their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And um, when somebody approaches the conversation with a little bit of compassion, you're going to stand out. And so out of all of the people who are asking for a break, they're probably going to give it to you. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be surprised. If, if you use this approach, I think you will be pleasantly surprised of how much more progress you can make in these conversations. Yep. Yeah. All right, great, great stuff, Kwame. As always, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the the services that you currently offer. You've got a lot of things. Obviously, we talked about the book. The book again is "Nobody Will Play with Me: Finding Confidence in Conflict," and we've talked a lot about that. And, and Kwame shared the story of kind of the origin of that. You've got the podcast, negotiate anything. Where, where can people find the podcast? Yeah, so any podcast player that you use, it'll be there. Um, iTunes, um, I, I should say Apple podcast now, Spotify, mm -hmm. it, it's everywhere. Yeah. Good stuff. And you mentioned the handbook that's free. That's uh, we'll put a link to that on, on the show notes page as well. This handbook that you, the reference, and we talked about some examples, but the most exciting thing is you've got, you've got an online course now to help people with negotiation. So tell us about that. Yeah. So the, the, the course is called negotiate anything finding confidence in conflict, uh, staying on brand, as you can see. <laughs> and, um, and so it's all about helping people, first of all, to build that firm foundation of confidence. It's psychological strength. So you can have that mindset to perform at your best. And I tell people all the time, um, if, if they go to my training and they don't learn a single skill, <laughs> but they leave feeling more confident, they're going to have much better outcomes in their negotiations. And so I really want to spend a lot of time digging into that. So the first, um, the first section is dedicated to that. And then we go into negotiation strategies and tactics. And um, it's not just a laundry list of what you should or shouldn't do. It also talks about how you can utilize negotiation strategy in general to build the right relationships in the right way and to set up yourself for success in these negotiations. And the goal 
is to have people recognize that negotiation is a tool that can be used to advance the the interests of your business to live the best to have the best business that you 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 could possibly have and to have the best life that you possibly have as well so just it's a really powerful course feedback has been fantastic from the folks who have gone in it so I'm, I'm really excited about it what I, what I like about the approach of it is, again, is that you're, you're addressing the, the mindset component, that confidence. It's, it's similar to a course that I have where it addresses, are you even ready to start a business? Here it's, are you even ready to have a negotiation, right? right. Because, because you're, you've lost even before you enter the conversation if you don't have the right mindset and confidence. Exactly. Exactly. And so we want to make sure that people are prepared. Um, uh, one of the one of my favorite quotes on it is that people are trained for peacetime, but they're not ready for wartime. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so you have to be ready for those conversations. And then one of the, the last things about the, the last module, the last set of videos is they're actually mock negotiations with me and my chief operating officer uh, going back and forth to try to highlight uh, some of the points of, of the course. And then we do a breakdown afterwards so people could actually see what this looks like in a live scenario. Yeah. The, the reason this topic is so important to me and I've had you back on is in business as is in life, as you've alluded to and then made obvious, it's all about negotiations. It's not just the obvious negotiation like calling my landlord. It's, it's those conflicts that I need to resolve with a partner, with an employee, with a vendor. We're constantly negotiating as business owners and the better we get at it, uh, the more successful we're going to be. Exactly. All right. I know you've got a special offer for our listeners for this online course. Yes. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to work with you on this too, Henry. And so for all of you as listeners of this podcast, um, you can get a 10% discount on the course. And so the course retails at $497, uh, or you could do six payments of uh, $97 a month. Um, but if you get it with the with a coupon code HOB, How of Business, um, you can get a 10% discount on that. Fantastic. That's a great offer. And if you don't have a place to write that down right now, we'll have it on the show notes page for this episode. The coupon code again is HOB and get a 10% discount on this great course. Thanks for that, Kwame. My pleasure. All right. We'll start to wrap it up. Book recommendation besides yours. Is there a book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yeah, so I just read this book called The Confidence Game by uh, Maria Konnikova, one of my favorite authors. And it is a fantastic book, just an incredible book. And what it does is it uncovers the, uh, the tools that confidence men use. So con artists, that's the ori origination of, the, uh, of that term, what they would use to, in order to persuade people. And so for me, as somebody who teaches this, it was very powerful for uh, thinking about it offensively and defensively. So def yeah. yeah, it's it's just a great book. Highly recommend it. Thanks for that recommendation. I have not read that book. Um, all right, let's wrap it up, Kwame. What's what's one thing you want to stick away from this conversation we've had, especially as it relates to you know negotiating conflict, that confidence from the small business owner's perspective? I would say this: it, it's that whether you thought of yourself as a negotiator or not, you are a negotiator. It's just a question of whether or not you do it well. And so with the framework, you have a simple approach that you can use in every single conversation. So the challenge for you is to find an opportunity to practice the framework. And then every time you do it, you're going to get a little bit better at it. And you'll recognize the outcomes in these conversations are going to start to turn in your favor.
Yeah. The framework is a tool that now gives me the confidence that I need to enter into these conversations because like you said, that that conflict is the opportunity. There's opportunity there, but we're so afraid of it that we don't even know how to get into it or we avoid it altogether, which is even worse. Exactly. Great stuff. Where do you want us to go online again to find out more? Yeah. So connect with me on LinkedIn. Everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me. Um, it's getting harder to do, but I will continue to make that promise as long <laughs> as I can. And um, yeah, just check out the podcast. I'm, I'm assuming your podcast listeners are listeners of podcasts. So I would think so. check out the show. Yes, absolutely. It's a great podcast. I, I, I love you. it. All right, Kwame, thanks again. I'm, I'm so glad I had you back on the show. Thanks again for sharing your stories, all of these tips and insights. Thanks for being with us again today. My pleasure, my friend. Take care. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Kwame Christian. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our show sponsor, ZBrand all-in-one branding platform to help you grow your small business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.